Greetings, my friends, and welcome to the next episode of Hardwater Radio. This is Jason Archer. We are recording live under the umbrella of Hardwater One here in the Valley of the Sun, and I'm joined today by my very special guest, Dr. Brianne Showman-Brown. How you doing, young lady? I'm doing awesome. How are you? I'm doing fantastico. So today we're going to be talking about one of the most popular CrossFit workouts and how we can prepare for it and survive the aftermath. For those of you who don't know what workout I'm talking about, we're talking about Murph, which is coming up. Uh, we'll be all doing it this coming month. What is it? Memorial Day? Memorial Day Murph we're going to be doing. And um, for those of you listening along at home, it's going to be a mile run. There's 100, 100 pull-ups, <laughs> 200 push-ups, 300 squats, followed by another mile run. I'm already out of it, and I haven't done the workout yet. So it's quite the grudge fest, and it is a, a tremendous, it takes a tremendous toll on the body. And so uh, Brianne's going to be telling us a little bit how we can prep for it today, how we can scale if we need to, and then how we can best recover from it. So Brianne, what do we need to know going into this monster of a workout? Be smart with it. If it's your first time doing it and or if you are a fairly new CrossFitter, there's a lot of kind of different ways to scale it and modify it. So you definitely need to play within your means on this workout. Mm-hmm. Starting from the preparation standpoint, though, looking at like a day or two before, especially because it's Memorial Day weekend, we're starting to get hot here in Phoenix. It's already getting hot. It's going to be usually on that weekend. It's some pretty brutal heat. Depending on what time you're doing it, it can be pretty brutal outside. So making sure you are well hydrated before going into it. Hydration is definitely essential for just our normal function in our day-to-day life, normal function with our training and performance. One of the biggest things when it comes to hydration or biggest things to know is just a 2% loss of body weight of water can decrease our performance. Mm -hmm. So this is not much water at all. So if you think about doing in 40 minute to an hour long workout, which is what Murph typically is, you're gonna be losing a lot of fluids during that workout. So going into it extra hydrated or fully hydrated essentially is going to be essential to being able to perform at your best. And so so what would be a good guideline for knowing, you know, um, what good hydration looks like? So on a regular daily basis, not even counting the exercise you're doing, everyone should be taking in at least half their body weight in ounces of water a day. So if you weigh 200 pounds, you should at least be getting 100 ounces of water a day at a minimum. If you are doing any sort of exercise on a regular basis, which you need to be increasing that water intake, half your body weight in ounces a day, especially when we're getting to the summer, hot environment, humid environment, you need to be almost to like a one-to-one ratio. So at least those like 200 pound person, at least 200 ounces. Got it. Got it. So obviously hydration, uh, based on what you're telling us is going to impact performance, um, you know, drastically. Um, but I'm wondering just out of curiosity, what do you recommend food wise going into it? Being a nutrition coach as well. I, I know how different people respond to different foods. Uh, some people do better energy wise with carbs. Some people do better energy wise with fats. The biggest thing is almost go into this like a competition mindset as far as do what is normal to you. Don't try to change something up the day before. Eat something that you have never eaten before, something different, (laughs) and try to go in and do this workout. It's probably not going to turn out well for you. Right, right. So don't eat clean one day. 
right? right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, or, or eat pizza one day if that's not your normal your normal routine, right? All right, so coming out of that, the hydration piece, obviously the, the nutrition advice, obviously do not shift anything drastically the day before, especially not the day of. Um, then we come to the gym and we start warming up. What are we looking for in a warm-up for Mr. Murph here? A lot of times when we get into these really long workouts, especially workouts that start with a big cardio aspect, especially the run, is they just take that as that can be their warm-up. That run can be their warm-up. They'll warm up during this workout because it's so long. Guilty. (laughs) (laughs) But in all reality... If you want to do well in this workout, if you want to do well and not get injured during this workout, you still want to be warming up your muscles that are going to be working for your pull-ups, for your push-ups. So getting into your box, doing some pull-ups beforehand, warming up your strict pull-ups, warming up your kipping pull-ups, just warming up that movement, doing some push-ups, doing some inchworm walks and just getting those shoulders warmed up for that pressing motion mm-hmm. um, doing some full depth squats just getting those hips below parallel getting your knees loosened up getting your ankles loosened up is going to help you feel better feel more efficient during the workout itself right so don't just assume that because you're running a mile that <laughs> that that's a substitute for actually doing the movements right this exactly. is one of those times where it's actually good to go through the motions yes yes <laughs> so now that we understand hydration we've you know we've we've drank all the water we've eaten all the calories right we've gone through the workout we went through the motions which in this case was a good thing and we're at the gym we're getting ready to start and as you know just as well as I do and anyone who's ever done Murph with a group everyone in the group is going to be at vastly different levels of skill of endurance um, of training age and CrossFit whatever you know however you want to break it out everyone is going to be a vastly different athlete overall so this workout being a long one obviously with the mile run the 100 200 300 of the pull-up push-up squat followed by another mile run weighted you know if you're doing rx then you know how do you go about scaling this workout becomes an issue for some people how do they think about it you know how do they break it up and and obviously i think maybe we can start with maybe an athlete who has all the movements but they don't necessarily have the muscular endurance to get through the workout is in your opinion is it is it advisable just to do like a half murph in that scenario you could really go about two different ways I personally like the, if you have the movements, you know you can do the movements, I like to get the volume in and just make the movements a little bit easier. So I'd say if you know you can do pull-ups, put a light band on it and do do all 100 pull-ups, but do it with a little bit of assistance. So you're still working that volume, you're ultimately working that muscle endurance on that. Uh, for your push-ups, go into it knowing you're gonna do half of them on your feet, half of them on your knees and just automatically when you get to uh, that hundred point you're automatically going to go to your knees or maybe you know you don't have that much endurance so do you know 50 on the feet and know you're going to at that point you're going to do the rest on your knees but break it up or modify it down sooner rather than later in order to be able to keep that um, consistent movement. 
Fantastic. So, I mean, obviously you touched on this a little bit, but let's talk, let's break that down a little further and let's talk a little bit about what it looks like to scale some of these movements. Um, maybe just start with the pull-up. You mentioned uh, banded pull-ups, which, which is obviously what someone who has their pull-ups, um, but maybe not quite the muscular endurance to get through the entire workout. That's going to be a fantastic option for them. Where does it go from there? So if you can barely do a banded pull-up um, and you need to scale it down a little bit more, or you know you can do banded pull-ups, but you know you can only do, say, 25 or 50 of them. From that point, just so you can keep movement, keep consistent movement throughout the workout, I would suggest going down to ring rows. It is a little bit of different of movement because you're not pulling directly vertical, you're pulling a little bit horizontal, but you're still getting that muscle work in, you're still moving consistently or constantly throughout that workout rather than having to take really long breaks because you are getting too tired. 100%, yeah, ring rows are fantastic. And so if um, we've got the pull-up taken care of, we've got the banded option, the ring row option, obviously, let's talk a little bit about the push-up. I, th- I think a lot of people take this movement for granted, you know, and I know for me it's the most difficult part of the workout. <laughs> I definitely fatigue here. Every year, without fail, it's going to happen. So, you know, obviously, um, you know, you mentioned the standard uh, push-up from your feet, then the scale to your knees, but I think a lot of people forget that there are other options from there. So. What are some of those options? I love the scaling to the knees option. That can still be really difficult for some people. So now we think about elevating them a little bit. So rather than having them straight on the ground, we'll put their hands on a box, whether it's a 16 inch box, a 20 inch box, a 24 inch box, whatever we know as a coach, whatever we know or whatever the athlete knows that they can do for the entire workout. And that's important because you want people to keep moving. This is a long workout. Yeah. <laughs> the last thing you want is to have them, you know, frustrated because they finished 30 minutes after everyone else. <laughs> and so, okay, so we've got the pull-up options. We've got the push-up options. Now comes the squat, probably a movement that is most taken for granted in this. And and for me, I've, I've seen this several times where we've got newbies coming to the gym, you know, they're Johnny businessman or businesswoman, and they sit at a desk all day, right? And maybe they have, you know, some sort of back issue or sciatic pain or whatever the case may be, you know, maybe it's hip flexion, maybe it's ankle flexion, but they're not able to hit that squat, you know, how do, how does the scale for that movement look or need to look in a workout this long with 300 of those bad boys coming up? You want to keep it a consistent movement. So naturally as someone gets tired, they aren't going to want to go as deep into that squat. Have them do box squats, basically. You're going to get a box, put some plates on it if needed, but basically have them squat down till their butt taps that depth, that box, and then stand back up out of that. That way they know they're hitting that consistent depth every single time, and uh, they know they can get it every single time. It's not something that they're going to be failing at. You know, you touched on this before, and obviously squatting to an object is, is certainly a fantastic scaled movement that can be varied to anyone's skill level, but you've mentioned the consistency piece with the movement, I think, two or three times now. So why is it so important to focus on having that athlete be consistent through these particular movements in this long workout? These workouts are meant, they're written to be a brutal workout. And for me, it's, and for most CrossFitters who've been around the CrossFit realm for a while is these are big workouts because they're honoring major people. And, you know, you kind of keep that in mind as far as like, 
what I'm going through is a tenth of what they went through, if a tenth of what they went through. And so they're meant to be a rough workout. They're meant to be workouts that you're moving consistently through them. You're moving constantly through them. They aren't made to be doing some movements and resting for a minute or two because I'm so exhausted and I, or my muscles have given out and I can't keep moving. So essentially that first maybe quarter of number of reps should almost feel easy because those last quarter are going to be miserable. (laughs) (laughs) To say the least. (laughs) Yeah, fantastic. So in this particular workout, obviously the length is going to dictate that a certain amount of pacing is necessary. And so talk to us a little bit about what pacing looks like, you know, what the mentality around that should be or could be, and uh, what you've seen as a best case scenario in athletes that you've worked with and you yourself. Treat it like a standard chipper type workout. You don't go all out because you know you're going to die at the end. You want to go out, go into your run, that first mile smart. Don't try to kill that and get your best mile time. You know, come in from the gym or come in from your run, but keep to your plan. If your plan's 5, 10, 15, don't all of a sudden go 10 or 15 reps into those pull-ups that first round because you feel really good. You want to keep to your consistent plan. You're going to be able to keep moving consistently and steadily through those motions if you do that rather than standing around for a long time. If you try to rush through those movements in the beginnings, so say you go through that 5, 10, that round 5, 10, and 15 in 45 seconds, but you're completely gassed at that, you're going to be ending up doing three minutes for those last couple rounds. So really find a pace that almost feels easy for you in the beginning because it is going to catch up to you in the end. Right. Well said. So let's assume now that we were able to successfully complete this workout, right? And uh, like you said, it's going to be really hot here in Phoenix. Hopefully uh, we're prepped ready. Uh, We're prepped properly. We've eaten properly and we've successfully completed this wad. Now, here we are collapsed and dying on the floor, which I know is not a good thing to be, but it's going to happen at least for a little while while we're recovering. So, you know, what do we need to do post-workout to ensure that we, you know, have the best chance at the best recovery? So once you are done being dead on the floor, first and foremost, get up and move around. The longer you sit in one place, whether it be just while you're there recovering, whether it be throughout the rest of your day, the more you just kind of sit around, the stiffer you're going to be, the tighter you're going to get, the more sore you're going to be that day and the next day and the day after that. If you can keep your body moving consistently, you're just your body's going to just overall move better and feel better throughout the next couple of days. Mm-hmm. And so what are some keys that we need to focus on to ensure that, you know, from a specific step-by-step standpoint, we are actually recovering well? While you're still at the gym, before you leave, what I kind of what I suggest after these brutal workouts, especially when a lot of it is very leg fatigue oriented is what I call draining your legs. What that means is you're going to lay on the ground, your legs are going to be propped up on the wall. So what this does is it helps clear some of that lactic acid out of your legs that have developed in your legs throughout these tough workouts. By clearing that lactic acid out, it can decrease that delayed onset muscle soreness. It can increase your recovery time, which essentially means you'll feel better the next day. Following that, what I'd like to do, I'm not a huge component of icing when it comes to injuries because sometimes we we do want that inflammation response to help with healing. Mm -hmm. But in these circumstances, 
after draining legs, I actually do like um, doing like an ice bath or cryotherapy type situation because once we get that lactic acid out, it does help to kind of cut off that circulation in there temporarily in order to keep that from coming back in right away. Mm -hmm. What about hydration requirements afterwards? Yes, hydration is huge. So just like we talked about prehydrating, you definitely need to post-hydrate. Weigh yourself before you work out, weigh yourself after you're done. That amount of weight you've lost in water is what needs to be replenished. So if you lost five pounds during this workout, which is probably gonna be at the low end of what you're gonna lose, you need to replenish 16 ounces of water per pound lost just to rehydrate to whatever amount that you lost. Not then this is on top of the normal half your weight in body ounces of water a day. <laughs> right. So we're just be swimming inside on water. Yes. We've we've done all this, we've recovered to the best of our ability, we've followed your advice. We wake up the next day, we still feel tight, sore, you know, we're going it, you know, nothing's one hundred percent, so we're gonna feel that to some degree, depending on our fitness level. So what does that next day need to look like? Do you recommend active recovery and if so, you know, what should we be doing? I will always recommend active recover after these workouts. Um, it's not, this is not a workout you want to follow up the next day with another all out workout. You, it's <laughs> not going to be the next day you're going to go five sets of three heavy squats. Like, it's just not smart. <laughs> active recovery is essential though. So you're probably sick of running by this point, but going to the gym, getting on a bike, getting on a rower, just getting your body moving is ultimately ideal. If you don't even want to set foot in the gym that day, go for a walk, just get moving, get out, and then do some good mobility work. Um, your lats are going to be tight and sore. Your triceps are going to be tight and sore. Um, most likely your chest is going to be uh, pretty tight. Your legs are going to be exhausted. Just work on getting things moving. So um, whether you want to get on Ramwad, whether you want just want to go through some stretches, you know, just whatever you can do to get your body loosened up and stay loosened up. Got it. Well, there you have it, guys. From start to finish, you've got the prep, you've got the wad, you've got your recovery and your active recovery day. So that's going to do it for this episode of Hardwater Radio. I want to extend a thanks to Dr. Brianne Showman-Brown for all her advice today. Be sure and check out her website at getyourfixpt.com. And if you want to CrossFit with us, check out CrossFitFSI.com in Scottsdale and check out CrossFitNorthPhoenix.net if you are in the North Phoenix Deer Valley area. Again, online at hardwater.com for all your apparel needs, and I'll see you in the next episode.